How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Turnover before the half was absolutely huge for Jair to make that play, and then for us to turn around and execute on offense. I mean, that was that was big time. That really changed momentum in the game. I, I think it had a big impact on the outcome of the game. But you know, when we're up on somebody, we have got to. We can't relax, not for one second, especially in this league. Every week around the league, you see teams battle back, and you know, once that momentum starts going one way, it's hard. To, it's hard to stop it. Welcome back. We are back. And uh, those are the words of Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He's right. Uh, big plays out of Jair Alexander, but the defense uh, was shredded uh, late in that ball game. Just gave up points far too quickly. It's one thing to allow time to elapse off the clock, but, man, oh, man. Uh, they got down there. The Vikings uh, scored quickly. And to talk more about it, uh, Mike Clements from NFL Serious Radio. Mike uh, in Minneapolis yesterday. So, Mike, uh, I, we had said you could pick uh, Aaron Rodgers at the MVP. You could talk about the depth of the offensive line and the shakeups they had to go through and kept Aaron clean. But also, Jair Alexander could have been an MVP yesterday. I think so. Two big plays, no question. And it was also the time of possession. You know, Dom Capers used to say this, who now works for the Vikings. You know, the best defense is when you're on the sidelines. And that's what Aaron Rodgers did for them at the start of that game. I mean, there's parts of that game that almost made me wonder some of the play calling was designed to have long, sustained drives to keep to first wear out the Vikings' defense. Because even though they've had a lot of changeover, they've still got some really strong dudes on that defense between Kendricks and Barr and their defensive line, even their backups. 
So, you know, wear those guys out. Run them sideline to sideline. Of course, you know, the Packers would have some drops and some miscues on second and third down, but just tremendous time of possession from the Packers' offense. But Jair, I mean, come on up with some nice coverage against Adam Thielen. Now, this was, though, this was critical because this could have been a disaster. Jair, you know, you, you've got the, the four and out. The mm-hmm. Packers unable to score in those goal line stances. You know, they're out physical by that uh, uh, Vikings defense. So now uh, you turn over the ball on downs at the one or two yard line, and Kirk Cousins is back there. And uh, Jair Alexander lines up to the wide right. He's supposed to cover Adam Thielen, their best wide receiver. And he sees a shift, and he thinks that it's going to be a run out of the end zone to Dalvin Cook. And when the ball snapped, he realizes this is a pass play. Thielen is running a jet route, Bill. That, was, that could have been a 99-yard yeah. touchdown. If Jair doesn't bring down Cousins, you know, you've got trouble. And Jair talked about that safety. I was anticipating run because of the motion by Thielen. Um, so once I anticipated run, I shot, I shot my shot. Um, I slid in the DM basically. And, um, when I seen it wasn't run, it was too late to, to turn back. So just kept going. Yeah. He, uh, he came up huge, uh, you know, a couple of times, Mike, obviously that we just, t- we talked about, but I, I thought the coverage for those guys was absolutely fantastic as well. And it just continues to get better. And, you know, I know Kirk Cousins uh, talked a little bit about it, about the, the, the interception. But, I mean, the throw was off, yes. But the Packers had those guys, I mean, as far as not giving up big plays and being able to cover and keep things in front of them, I thought the Packers did a pretty good job of it. They did. And there's all kinds of surprises I'm going to talk about in this game, too, uh, as we go through this break here. Uh, the, the Packers showed me, after seeing all these practices, you know, since late July, uh, in terms of changing their personnel. Uh, you talk about coverage, too. I'm just watching tape of the game and tremendous play down the right sideline. Kirk Cousins should have had a touchdown about 30, 40 yards downfield to Sharp, and it's Kevin King that comes up with a nice defended play. And, you know, you see Kevin King with these fast guys and using his six foot three, you know, height to break out passes. But Kirk Cousins was, you know, this guy was on the sidelines. How can he get his offense into a rhythm? Uh, when Aaron Rodgers is controlling the whole game. And then at the end of the second quarter, um, he's trying to throw to Thielen, who looked like he was open, and he should have thrown the ball out. It was supposed to be an out route. He threw it a little inside. Jair got his hand on it, and his one arm is tangled up with Thielen, and he still brings in the ball with one hand and gets an interception. And Cousins talked about that play. You know, the ball was was just inside, and uh, the ball is outside. I think it's a completion. Um once it was left inside, then the defensive back was able to make the play. Time of possession was tough for us in the first half. We just didn't run many plays. And uh, when you don't run a lot of plays, it makes it hard to get things going. You know, and we also, by, by staying on the field more, we can keep our defense fresh. And uh, we weren't able to do that today. And, uh, and then you got to credit the Packers. Which the time of possession was huge. The Packers had long sustained drives, numerous plays, seven, eight, nine plays. They did that offensively with a lot of different things that they ran at that defense. But Kirk Cousins, uh, not a terrible game, but it, he didn't have a, a great game and couldn't even compare to what Aaron Rodgers' numbers were. No, and I thought that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers looked organized and on the same page, and they had a plan. And sometimes the physicality of the Vikings you know, could make stops. 
But I mean, they were they had the Vikings just in in a tailspin and in a headspin through most of the first three quarters of that game. And Zimmer, you could see him just yelling at his players on the sidelines. I was like, dude, you're at home. And I know there's no fans to embarrass these guys in front of, but it's like uh, Mike Zimmer, if he's not careful, he could lose his team. And you could hear his frustration about how the Packers dominated the, the possession of the football through most of the game. You know, we couldn't get him off on off the field on third downs. We jumped off sides and uh, three drives extended by penalties. Uh, we gave up some big plays when we did jump off. We let him out of the pocket and he made big plays on us. You know, and then we gave up a, a safety and a interception right before the half. So got a lot of things to do work on. Our time of possession wasn't very good, especially in the first half, but really the whole ball game. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to get better quick. Okay. <laughs> they can get better as quick as they want. I mean, the Packers only have to face them one more time. But I'll say this, that offense under Gary Kubiak, Mike, didn't look good, didn't look like they ever got into a rhythm. It didn't. Um, and, you know, Dalvin Cook, you know, was held for at least the first three quarters or so. Um, they got – they got, and, you know, you got Packer players that you're losing too, that guys that you're short. I wanted to talk a little bit about the injury situation that the Packers are facing. Now, as they get ready for week two and uh, hosting the Lions, Bill, you know, first of all, one of the many surprises, roster changes, I did not think they were going to move Elton Jenkins, the second-year left guard, out to right tackle for this Billy Turner situation. I just I just didn't see it. But, you know, Bill, with those practices, I told you, even through training camp, first three, four periods, they're inside the Hudson Center. That's where the real show is, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, right. that's where the real stuff is going on because we're out there watching periods 4 through 17, and it's just a little dog and pony show. Let's let's try out these second and third stringers and, and see that. So they kick out Elton Jenkins to right tackle, as LaFleur was saying all last week. We're going to put the best five out there. And they think that he was better than putting out Rick Wagner, and they did that for the first, what, four or five drives at the start. But then – when the Packers got down and they tried to throw that slant to Devontae Adams on fourth down and he dropped it uh, mm-hmm. with good coverage, I think it was from Smith, um, that was uh, Lucas Patrick's last snap in the game at left guard, Elton's spot. Uh, he came out and you saw Elton Jenkins move back to left guard. During the game, I thought, well, maybe it was a performance thing. Maybe somebody was screwing up. No, he injured his shoulder. Yeah. So that's when Rick Wagner got in the game and got his snaps in for the rest of the game. Then you got uh, Kenny Clark on that Jair Alexander pick that we talked about. That's where he gets uh, turned around. He's trying to go on the outside of their uh, their their right tackle, and he's getting he's one on one with Pat Eflin, the right guard, who pancakes him. He puts Kenny Clark down into the ground, and Clark doesn't get up. He's got a groin injury. That could be weeks. Who knows? And then uh, you got Lane Taylor, you know, a guy who's uh, came back from that torn bicep, wins the right guard spot outright. So it's whether it's going to be Taylor or Wagner or you know a tackle to be named, um, he's out there. And it's in space. It's in the second half. I think it was Aaron Jones' run, and you just see him up on one leg as the the whole body, you know, is shifting to to their right. left, and it looks like it could be an ACL. He's supposed to have an MRI. Matt LaFleur, uh, we asked him if he knew how bad it was after the game. 
I, I do not, not right now. Um, I went in there after the game and just wished him well and told him I appreciate, you know, how hard he played. But um, we, we will find out here in the very near future. Let's do this. We'll stop out. We'll, uh, we'll stop here. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got more of Mike Clemens joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. He was in Minneapolis yesterday, breaking down the Green Bay Packers and hearing some sound after the ball game. Packers opening drive sweepstakes. You could win a 2021 Chevy Trailblazer. Uh, all you got to do is get entered. You can purchase a 20 ounce Coca Cola or a pothole pizza with your quick rewards card over there at Quick Trip, and uh, purchase you both of them at the same time. By the way. 10 extra bonus entries. How about that? Each weekly winner is going to have a chance to win 25 bucks per yard in the Packers opening drive. Plus, you're then entered to win the 2021 Chevy Trailblazer. No purchase necessary at all. You can see the store for details. The Pothole Pizza is the official pizza of the Green Bay Packers and only available at Quick Trip. they got the Packers Pep Rally Pizza. That's all pepperoni. The Sausage Palooza, all sausage. The Meat Sweats, half pound of sausage, half pound of pepperoni, all right there over there, a quick trip. Stop in and grab yourself one today. More of Mike Clemens coming up next. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Help the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. Stop the spread of COVID-19. While at the stadium today, remember, farther is safer. Stay at least six feet from other people. Cover your cough or sneeze into a tissue. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. When in public and inside U.S. Bank Stadium, wear a face covering over your nose and mouth. Thank you for doing your part to keep everyone at U.S. Bank Stadium safe. Skull. Uh, I would say bring your own juice. That's something that we've been harping on at practice, uh, that we got to bring our own energy now, uh, coming out of the tunnel and, and getting ready for a game. You know, the fans usually, as soon as we get off the bus, they're screaming our names and, and ready for a win. You know, they're having a good time, but we won't have that this year, so we just got to bring our own juice. Bring the juice. Um... Well, just make sure when you pass the juice around, you sanitize the top of the bottle. 855-830-8648-855-830-8648. Mike Clements joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Mike, uh, interesting day. I know the announcement being made. Who the hell are they talking to? There weren't any fans in the stands yesterday. I know, Bill. We were down there shooting some stand-ups in front of U.S. Bank Stadium about 6 o'clock Saturday night, right? And posting right. that to the fan, some updates on the fan Facebook page, et cetera. And, you know, it was typical. Like, so now you're down there on game day at 930 on a Sunday morning. It's a ghost town. I mean, nobody. Maybe because partly the Viking fans and Packer fans are at home waiting for the game to come on TV. There's nothing. And you walk into the stadium and it's almost, it's like, is today game day? Am I, <laughs> right. Is this the right day? And then they've got this big, booming voice coming out of the PA from the stadium, you know, warning, warning, COVID, all that stuff. It's just, it's so creepy. And then we get inside, and I'm telling you, the sound that that we were hearing during the uh, simulated game practices inside Lambeau Field was, you know, fairly loud. They they were trying to get Mm -hmm. the, the Packer players ready for it. But the actual game yesterday, I mean, it was quiet it was like we were at Wimbledon watching a tennis match. You could hear the pads. You could, you could hear all the cadence. You could hear everything that was going on. There were, you know, when Lane Taylor got on the cart and was carted off, 
there was some pretty good applause. And I'm looking on it, where's that coming from? It was the players from both benches. That's how clearly you could hear everything. They just were not running that NFL crowd sound effect very loud. It, normally that place is so loud, it's like this doesn't happen very often when you fly, but if you actually go down the stairs of a plane and they're still running the engines on the tarmac and you can't hear anybody from two feet away from you, that's normally what that stadium is like. This is more like you know you and I stand in your driveway and some dude down the block is mowing his lawn. It just wasn't right. very loud in there. Just wasn't very loud at all. I, uh, I I can't imagine the weirdness to that. Not only as uh, somebody who covers the games and not seeing all the fans tailgating and doing everything, but being a Packer running out of a tunnel, knowing it's normally you know a showering of booze. I know that Aaron Rodgers alluded to the fact that you know remembering back to last year when it was really an energy packed uh, you know kind of crowd and it was for the division and and then coming out, it's like you, you just you got to figure it out. You know, you just got to figure out how to how to do it. I mean, just because you're there is no going back to bringing your own juice. There is no other energy in the place, right? Right, and and even as a player, and once the game gets started, it's just the little things that these guys are trying to adjust to. Because you know, you're in a game and you run a play, and now you got to get ready for you know second and seven or whatever the situation is. So you run a play and you pop up and there's there's no reaction to it. It's like, mm-hmm. are we okay? Is there a timeout? Oh, are we supposed to huddle up? You know, it just it because you're so used to that reaction. Whether you played high school football on Friday nights, college football, there's a reaction from the crowd and it gets you into the rhythm of the game. And even Devonte Adams said that was one of the strangest things playing in this giant empty stadium yesterday. It's just something not, about not hearing any crowd noise whatsoever when, you know, a big play happens and you kind of, you know, I'm used to hearing the fans on, on my last catch on the sideline as I'm sliding, hearing the fans of, you know, Lambo in Lambo, or if we're here, you know, we travel really well. So I hear our, our people and I'm looking to the side, score a touchdown. And I, I don't know really what to do. I don't know if I should see them first downs when I'm getting up. Cause there's nobody <laughs> here to watch, but um, yeah, definitely different, but, uh, you know, it, it obviously worked out for us. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it rolling. So, Mike, a question for you because uh, Mark was about us scaling. A lot of questions coming into this season. Looked pretty good in camp. A lot of positivity about him. Had the big 45-yard touchdown reception where he went up and got it, but two easy throws, one specifically right across the middle where he just looked upfield and dropped it. Uh, do you look at it as a good day, bad day, indifferent day? What do you think? Well, that one in particular, Bill, is the one that's got you scratching your head. Like, when is he is he going to get over this? And certainly the long touchdown that he caught older than that was a big confidence build. He gets up and he's in your face with the corner. You know, this kid needs confidence. Aaron Rodgers has said earlier in the camp that, you know, at sometimes he was complacent. But, you know, this was the big strategic decision this team needed to make in the off season, are we going to try and focus in on signing our guys to deals? What are we going to get in the draft? What are we going to get for undrafted players? Let's talk about this just briefly about linebacker. Okay. You know, I, we, we talked about Kamal Martin, uh, the rookie from the fifth round pick from Minnesota who looked like he would be the guy alongside Christian Kirksey until he injured that knee. The other choices they've got with Ty Summers, et cetera, and I'm telling you, one guy I just totally missed watching all those training camp practices is this number 51, Chris Barnes. You know, and and, mm-hmm. and we don't get a chance to talk to these guys, and, and we didn't get to see preseason. 
And those Packers, man, there's two or three players they were sneaky with this past week. One of them is that Chris Barnes kid who they actually cut. Then they put on the practice squad and a couple of days before they elevate him. And then here we are in the first couple of series against the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. And wait a minute, I'm looking at my death chart in front of me. Who's 51? There's some guy on the field, 51 Packers. It's a linebacker. It's that Chris Barnes kid. I mean, they yeah. talk about bringing a guy under, and I, he ends up getting six tackles. Kirksey had 12 tackles in the game, but, you know, he's, he's all over the field and in the game. Josiah DeGora, one of the draft picks, the tight end, didn't see a lot of flashy reps for him in practice. I kept talking about Malik Taylor, who did make the team and beat out Jake Kumaro. DeGora, 81, man, he's, he's out there with Jamal Williams with a nice 15-yard gain to set up one of the field goals. 81, man, he looks the part of a tight end. He did line up at the backfield. He lined up as a tight end. He was blocking downfield. He caught a pass. There's two or three guys like that in a game yesterday that I thought were at the back of the line. The battle of floor put in there right away. Even A.J. Dillon, the big running back with the big legs, he got a couple carries as well. But then it gets back to MVS. I mean, this is, you know, third year. This is a guy you need to balance off of Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard made some nice, you know, bread-and-butter catches for them on the sidelines, but those drops. So you ask Aaron Rodgers, is MVS there, or is he taking a step back? Because he had two really bad drops of your passes in this game. I love Marquez. He's, he's such a good-hearted kid. You know, I think he, he really adds a lot to our, our locker room, and he, he wants it so badly. I think that's the only thing that gets his way sometimes. He just wants to to make those plays so badly. But the thing that I noticed this training camp was he was catching the ball better. And I know it might sound like a strange statement for a receiver, but I think he was trusting his hands more. And he made a couple catches with very strong hands the last week of training camp that gave me a pretty good feeling about how he was going to perform this week. Had a nice week of practice. You know, to, to be honest, it was never about I got to go back to him after the drop. That, and that's a tribute to him. It wasn't, I never thought twice about throwing him the ball down the seam or throwing him the ball on the go route at the end of the first half. And that's a tribute to the way that he performed in training camp. Now he's got to prove it every single week. And we've talked a lot about, you know, consistency is the most important thing he needs to, he needs to show, but, uh, I'm just really proud of him. You know, I think he had the, he had the right mindset today. And we've talked about how important uh, visualizing those plays is and, and manifesting the things you want. Uh, you know, speaking in the life, and I'm, I'm proud of his approach, and I'm proud of the way he played today. So I, I I look at Aaron Rodgers and and the way the game went, and he talks about his leadership and such, Mike. And one of the things I found interesting was the timing. I mean, he talks about the play calling. He talks about Matt, and there was so much made during the day about their relationship and such. But you know, he he's like, look, it's it's this is all about the offense. He's into it. He gets it. He goes back and reviews tape of himself from 2011. He's working on something. And it just seems like yesterday was the culmination of everything that's gone on in the offseason. And all the myths uh, were dispelled about relationship and such. And it's just it, it that's the way the offense is supposed to flow. And the way they run it as well. It certainly did with some of those, you know, jet sweeps and the, the way that they were working the backfield left to right and left to right as opposed to the Aaron Rodgers drop back, look for the matchup, uh, et cetera. I think Aaron Rodgers, sincerely, he looks at the shortcomings of the NFC Championship game. There's nothing he can do when the 49ers are running the football off tackle on the defense. But how can he sustain drives in that game against the 49ers, which also had an extremely physical 
defense. Well, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid figured out a way. Part of it is the athleticism of Mahomes' arm. But, you know, at the end of the line, Aaron Rodgers is saying, what more can I do, a $35 million quarterback? Oh, and then the team just drafted my replacement, which even probably got more of his attention. So he drops this thing about three or four weeks ago. He says, you know something? I was looking at film from the 2011 season when we went 15-1 and after winning the Super Bowl. And I was even playing at a higher level through that 15-1 and season. And what's missing? And we found out the answer yesterday, Bill. It's, it's, he thinks it's in his legs. You and I talked to Chris Sims at the Super Bowl in Miami, and what did he talk about in that interview he had with Aaron last year? About Roger says it's not the arm that you lose, it's always the legs. He said that's why Tony Romo's in this golf match. It's not his back, it's his legs. So he started mm-hmm. doing more squats, he started paying more attention to his footwork, and I think that's one of the things that he's working on right now. He's trying to get better with himself and his timing, and that's how he credited how his accuracy was so good yesterday against the Vikings. You know, a big focus this offseason for me in training camp was, uh, you know, I've talked about, you know, kind of seeing some stuff in some old film, but a lot of it was the comfort within the offense and the more comfortable I, I get, uh, you know, I feel like I can deal the ball as quickly as, as I want to. And today was uh, was a good start for that. I feel like I was on time with, with my throws. There weren't uh, the need for a lot of... Uh, you know, extended plays, and then the couple that we had turned, you know, some pretty good plays. So I'm uh, feeling good about uh, the tempo that we had, feeling good about the rhythm and the balance that uh, that I had in the pocket as well. And then uh, it also goes to the fact that much like when he used to sit with Jordy and go through stuff, now he's sitting down with Devontae, sitting down with the wide receivers. It seems like he's making more time to be on the same page with these guys, isn't it? David Bakhtiari, his friend, her left tackle, said – I think Rogers is working on like some self wellness. And I think Rogers maybe took a look in the mirror and said, you know what? I've been kind of a crabby old man. Jordy ain't coming back. I haven't seen Jermichael walk through the door or Greg Jennings or those other guys or even James Jones. And so maybe I've got to spend more time with the guys that are on this roster. And he talked about how he started these weekly meetings with his top target, Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think that really started with, uh, with Jordy. You know, him and I were just always on the same page. Um, there was nothing that we, we couldn't do out on the field with uh, our nonverbal communication. Um, but we would have conversations during the week and even on, you know, morning of the game and, and during the game about tiny little adjustments we want to make. And Devontae was around that, and he saw it was the same way with Randall. And I think anybody who sees that and sees the success you can have when you two guys are on the same page, I think there's – uh, you know, desire to, to have that same relationship. And I've, I've worked hard and, and Devante has as well with our communication, um, to where I feel like, you know, games like today aren't possible. He made a couple plays, uh, during, during the game today that, that, uh, reminded me of kind of the connection that Jordy and I had, especially with an outside receiver, just little subtle adjustments with his, uh, his angles at the top of stems. It was pretty fun to, to see us connect on. My good stuff is – I was going to say good stuff the, as always. The end result of that, Bill, 14 catches in a single game for Devontae Adams. The last time that happened, 1942 with Don Hudson. How about that? Going back in a few years and dropping a Hudson on me. There's, uh, there's no <laughs> doubt. My good stuff. Uh, we'll chat again later in the week, okay? Thank you, Bill. 
Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Mike Clements, NFL Series Radio, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE. Go to schneiderjobs.com. Going to go ahead and take a quick break, come back, preview tomorrow, and uh, wrap it up next on the Bill Michael Show. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 